0: Previously on The Tony Kornheiser Show. But they're young and they want to have these weddings. And whether they go ahead with them or not is obviously their concern. I I don't know how I got to this. Well, I got to this point because I got this note earlier today and it got me thinking about other things that had happened in my life that I w- won't even go into when I was told for example this is not your stage you're not supposed to be performing I will perform you will sit in the corner and shut up that's a different story for another day
1: well I mean I just thought <laughs> that that, that was that was my view at the time
0: <laughs> that's a different story for another day the Tony Cornizer show is on now so the existential question is is this that other day <laughs> it's not No, not yet. It's it's not, but that day is coming. Can we call you to the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Dad got it. Yeah, I know. I understand it. Michael's back. Michael was away for a few days uh, with his family, which is nice. Um, Doesn't really want to discuss what he did or where he went, but uh, he went to a nice place. I can say where you went.
1: Yeah, my seafaring days are now behind me. I, (laughs) I managed the ferry. Made it back to terra firma. Michael went to a place called Fisher's Island. Fisher's Island is
0: a relatively small island, and I think it's 20 miles long or something like that. Sure. 20 miles long. 18 minutes end to end. And it is between... uh, It is in Long Island Sound between Connecticut and New York. Um, It would be between New London, Connecticut, and Orient Point, New York, which is the top half on Long Island. Long Island splits into a V at Riverhead... The northern part is where Orient Point is. The southern part is where Montauk is. More people are familiar with Montauk because of the Hamptons. Okay, Montauk Point. Orient Point top, Montauk Point bottom. It is, this island is a a part of New York State. And this is very interesting to me because it is much closer to Connecticut. It is basically right near the border of Connecticut and Rhode Island, and did you find out any of the history as to why it belongs to New York
1: State and not Connecticut? No, I, I don't know why, but I know that it was it was contested for a number of years and it's bizarre as you go around the island, you say you are trying to orient yourself, saying, Well, that's Long Island. That over not. there that's Stonington, Connecticut, and then when you're when you're on certain parts of the golf course, you can see into people's backyards essentially and watch Hill Rhode Island. Yeah. So it's, it's much closer to Connecticut. How long is the ferry? 40 minutes? 45 minutes under, uh, under good ferry? sea conditions. Was that your first ferry? It was my first did you ferry. wear a, did you wear a Gordon Fisherman hat? Well, I, I definitely had a nice striped <laughs> t-shirt on yeah. and the, the, so the boys immediately leave me alone and, and I felt like I was I was going off to sea. I waved yep. to them goodbye they, they got did onto you get the right out deck? Yeah did you get right no out No one to the told me corner? Thanks, Chan. no one told me really what to expect. So I'm at the front of the line because uh, the worst thing when you have about a seven hour drive is to miss the one way to get to an island. yes right. so I'm first in line. They don't really give me a lot of directions. They just sort of point as if they're air traffic controlling. Before I know it, I'm backing up at speed onto a boat and then they have Oh, this is these, you driving the car. Then they okay. have these you're doing these 90 degree turns and you and you want to say like, I think I'm good and you go, "No, they got to get more cars on here." Right. How many cars do they get on the ferry? 30, 40, 50? I would say 20, 25 oh, that's all? and I think they always have to have space reserved if you need say an emergency vehicle to get. Again, To an island. So this is this is a very interesting thing. It's an
0: island. And if you want to do home construction, you just can't go six blocks to the home construction place. (laughs) They don't have that. They have to import trucks. Right, they have to import all the equipment. They're not going to
1: airlift it in. They got to put it on the ferry. Right, same ferry that you're on. Yeah, yeah. My my little uh, my little SUV might be stuck in between a big eighteen uh, wheeler or something. How much on and now it is it is almost exclusively residential. How much commercialism is there on Fisher's Island? Very little. So there there is a market that has your newspapers. It has all your and produce, that, and they don't
0: have it without the ferry.
1: No, I so I don't know where they might be getting their produce and all their deliveries through private boat. But there, so there oh, is a there is a supermarket that you would recognize that that is all your brands of you know cereal, all your pastas, everything. Uh, but but most people would be bringing on in addition to that big trips to. So what, this is interesting. The giant they have up there is called the Stop and Shop, but it's oh, the same logo. Right, uh, right. So you can get your Peapod delivery of groceries. You can go to the, the Costco. You and, can get it, but it's got to come over on a ferry. Again, yes, on the ferry. If I if I were to do this trip again. I would have brought a cooler with a butcher box of that with the free bacon. Oh, yeah. right. uh, there is a there is a lovely ice cream shop that I have never seen a more efficient ice cream eater than my little four year old who just wanted <laughs> strawberry, then goes radio <laughs> silence as it's like an old school typewriter that he just keeps quarter turning it. Okay, Henry just wanted vanilla, but as soon as he put sprinkles on it, no dice. <laughs> and then there's there's a couple of other little. But well, he didn't eat it. He didn't eat it with the no, sprinkles. He ate. It. Well, mom ate most of it. Okay. Well, that's uh, so there's like you know your your beef. phone is ringing maybe somebody upstairs could answer it (laughs) (laughs) there's your beach supply you know like your uh you know hats and and umbrellas but that's pretty much it except for there's there are two clubs on the island which is where you might if you're a member you'd go there is there a bar is there a restaurant there's one in the the famous Pequot Inn which is which would be your bar restaurant we got pizza from there one night okay but it's really small and it's really residential and it's it has it
0: has achieved sports fame In the last 20 years or so, with uh, the rating of the golf course there, the Fishers Island 18-hole golf course, is a top 10-rated golf course. So everybody sort of wants to play it.
1: Well, and there's appeared there's also, out of nowhere. There's been this renaissance of uh, the Golden Age architecture, so this is a Seth Rayner course, late 1920s, and so it has the same template holes that you would see at other McDonald's. The Bieritz. And, yeah, the Biarritz, uh, number five there, which is where you can the see... The Redan. Yeah, you, oh, look at you! <laughs> you got your Redan, you got your Levin, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, so the, they, that is the big club, which is, which is um, inspiring. It has that Brigadoon effect that you'd always talk about with Shinnecock and... Yeah. and you know, I always Coming like to, I always like mist. to judge a golf course on what I would consider the the shoulder hours. So when you see people walking the course before it really opens and after it seems to close, that just shows like there's a lovely culture of walking the course and playing it. Uh, but it's terrifying. You get you get this big welcome when you're going up the third fairway, which for them this is called the plateau. So you basically feel like you're going straight up a hill into. The horizon line, and then you That's get up great. onto the screen, and you have this panoramic view, and that brings you. You into, see water. You see water on almost every hole, and that brings you into this beautiful uh, three, four, five hole stretch as, as you're again quartering around the island. Everybody says how lovely it is. I'm glad you got a chance to play. It was one I of the I worst will. one of the worst rounds of golf that I've had. In maybe five years. Did you break 100? Of course I broke 100, <laughs> but I, I, I was going into the bag. I was going to unmarked golf balls because I was losing some. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: Penalty area, I'll take
0: a drop. Um, let me, is that, what, what is your problem? Okay. No, it's the dog has a, has a problem. Um, a couple of things. One, I can't tell you. This was such an odd feeling for me the other night when I finally found the gnats on YouTube. I pressed my clicker, because I saw that it was on YouTube. Somebody mm-hmm. told me, I think Chuck told me, it's on YouTube. Get it on YouTube. And I pressed my clicker, and I said Nationals, Washington Nationals baseball on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And then a variety of choices showed up, and I first pressed the wrong thing and got highlights from 1991. <laughs> or so. I don't know what happened. <laughs> but I finally got the live game. Now, my position has been for quite some time that the Nats aren't going to win 10 more games. So uh, there's a great ambivalence, as I'm really, really happy when Josh Bell crushes the Brad Hand pitch. Oh, yeah. Because Brad Hand stinks so <laughs> sent much. you that
1: text immediately.
0: Stinks so much, Brad Hand. The Thanks. worst signing probably that they've ever made, because they actually thought this guy was good. Yeah. And he
1: stinks. Quick five-pitch walk to soda before that.
0: So, yeah. <laughs> so I was really happy when that happened, but sad, because the Nats were going to win, and they were... One game closer. They beat Toronto two in a row. Toronto's done. They beat Toronto two in a row. Toronto is just
1: terrible. And Brad Hand, get out of here. Yeah, he needs to sit just for a while. Get out of here. So, so I'm super embarrassed. I went to our local mass and I go, Liz, they're not even putting the games on, on regional TV anymore. <laughs> That's what I thought too. I didn't know where it was. I, it, it, Chuck Todd and
0: Steve Sands told me that it was on YouTube. I had to find it. The YouTube. The YouTube. So I found it. Plus. Two games in a row, if you, you know, two games in a row, one is on YouTube and one is on four o'clock. So they're telling you, we don't yeah. even want to put these games yeah. on. Yeah, We don't want you to see them anymore. <laughs> anyway, uh, let me thank a couple of people. The people at Oriforce. I got my glasses the other day that they sent months ago. Bonnie brought them over. It's Mark Bove, or Bove, B-O-V-E, and I, I, I think he's probably just a PTI watcher, but, but if anybody can reach him through this, that's nice. I got a lovely letter. From Chris Colavito. Chris Colavito is the nephew of Rocky Colavito. I was going to
1: say, that's a Rocky guy. And yeah.
0: some months back, you'll remember that he sent me a letter saying that um, Rocky's 88th birthday was going to be on August 10th, and if we could do something on the PTI show, that would be great. And I wrote a script, and we did it. And Rocky Colavito was honored that day in a section of Cleveland where he played the majority of his career with a statue. And he's 88 years old, and, and he, they played they played it, the PTI segment for him a number of times and it was very lovely and everybody was happy. I got on, something that came. Um, I'll just do this. I assume these are listeners, Ellie Leonard. Um, it says we announced the graduation of Ellie Leonard from Butler high school class of 2021 and Butler high school is in uh, North Carolina. It's in, I think Matthews, North Carolina. So if they listen, what is it? What is it, honey? What is it? I think she's responding to this tropical storm. Yeah, I think she's... Maybe that's it. So I had those things. And then I wanted to just mention this one other thing, which pleased me no end. Um, I didn't do PTI the last couple of days, and I'm not going to do it tonight. I will uh, say this. This this is not anything terrible. But I had had a, a surgical procedure, so I've got bandages on my head. So I'll also have the bandages on my head next week, but I'll put on a hat next week. But... Out of an abundance of caution, a phrase we use all the time these days, out of an abundance of caution, the doctor said, why don't you not do the show? And then I realized I'd be better and I could do it today. But they've got people. They went out of their way because Mike's doing what he's doing. He's not on the show and I'm not on the show. So the other day they had on Frank Isola and Izzy Gutierrez. Mm -hmm. And what pleased me enormously and I don't know that anybody was told to do this. And I think it's a sign of respect for the show. They wore jackets and ties. And, you know, they, if you see them on other shows... They don't do that, yeah. They don't wear jackets and ties. They don't do that. But our show is, in my opinion, I've said this many times, an adult show. We're adults. We're old. Is adult is another word for old. <laughs> but I was... Um, I wrote Matt Kelleher a note that I was thrilled... Honestly, thrilled. I mean, Frank always does. Frank always wears a tie when he's doing PTI, but I don't know about the other people. I don't know what they do or what they don't. And when I saw Izzy in a tie, I felt really good. I don't know who's doing it today, but I felt really good about that. I'm doing it Monday, I assume. I'm going to do it next week. Uh, I, I hope to... I feel better each day, so that's good. And and the, there were two bandages. One, the top layer bandage, you're supposed to take off in about... 36 hours, which I did yesterday. The bottom layer bandage is basically sewn onto my head. It's got like, you know, liquid paper and all of that. And it allegedly will come off in a week. And if not, I'm supposed to take it off. And my feeling is very simple about that. If it doesn't come off on its own, I'm not ripping my whole head out. I'll just keep it on for the rest of time until it comes off, you know. And, I, you know, they said if you... If you play golf, if you want to play golf and you sweat a lot, it'll probably come off naturally. Sure. The weather today is like it's you're sweating just when
1: you stand outside because you Michael, you think there's a tropical storm. It, right? it has that heavy rain feel to it. There's no no real wind to speak of. And to your yeah. point, yeah, you you feel wet two ways from yeah. from the rain and then just sort of the heaviness of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is this yeah. Fred? Is is this tropical storm? It's either Fred or Ethel.
0: (laughs) No, I don't know. I thought Fred was out of here two days ago. Oh, I thought this. I don't know. I thought this was an out of. Well, we haven't had a lot of rain. We we should ask Kevin. We haven't had a lot of rain. No, we have not. But we sure get
1: warnings every day.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. When I saw on my phone a couple of days ago, Fred tracking, I had no idea what that was. <laughs> I, I didn't. It's an odd name for a hurricane, it, isn't it? it is. You yeah. know, <laughs> it's Fabian or Francisco, <laughs> Fred. Fred, like yeah. too little common, little common. It <laughs> seemed right. to me. All right, we'll take a break. Jason Lockenfora will join us. I watched the first half of the uh, New England Philadelphia exhibition last night. Philadelphia's terrible on defense. That added up quickly. I mean, my God. I mean, they didn't stop them at all. Not at all. They made Cam Newton look great. Yes, they did. Cam Newton was picking out single receivers in a crowd of four. Well, we'll ask about that. Jason will join us when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Policy Genius ad as you prep for back-to-school season slide securing life insurance onto that to-do list between buying a protractor and some number two pencils and also not putting sprinkles on the Hammer's <laughs> ice cream. Policy genius makes it e- He doesn't like sprinkles? I think he's afraid of them. Wow, you got to teach him sprinkles are good. Policy genius makes it easy to compare quotes and get covered. Actually, I only like the chocolate sprinkles. I don't like the, the, rain- the rainbows. I don't I mean. like those. Summer's almost over and responsibility is about to rear its head. Get ahead of reality and get life insurance done now. With Policy Genius, you get free quotes in minutes. If someone relies on your financial support, whether it's a child, or an aging parent, or even a business partner, you need life insurance. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare quotes from over a dozen top insurers, all in one place. And why would you compare? Because you could save fifty percent or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. You could save thirteen hundred dollars or more per year. Thirteen hundred dollars per year. On life insurance by using Policy Genius to compare policies. The licensed experts at Policy Genius work for you, not the insurance companies, so you can trust them to help you navigate every step of the shopping and the buying process. Getting started is easy. First, head to policygenius.com. In minutes, you can work out how much life insurance coverage you need, and you can compare personalized quotes to find your best price. And by the way, eligible applicants can get covered in as little as a week thanks to an award-winning policy option that swaps the standard medical exam requirement for a simple phone call. When you're ready to apply, the Policy Genius team will handle the paperwork and scheduling for free. So head to policygenius.com to get started right now. Policy Genius. When it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. This is The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a band called Electric Voodoo. They're going to perform in Annapolis at Rams Head on August 29th. That's in a little over a week. The band is touring in support of their forthcoming album, Telescope, which is due out in August. This is a song called Wake Up. Electric Voodoo. By the way, they spell electric with a K, not a C. There's a C at the end. At the end, but in the middle, In the middle, K. the first C. It's is K for Kornheiser. That's pretty Kleinman. much what it is. <laughs> electric Voodoo. Darian sent this to us. Very, very nice. Appreciate it. Playing in Jason Lock and CBS Sports. And, and I'm going to talk... I'll talk to you about last night's game, and I'll talk to you about all the quarterbacks, all the new quarterbacks, and all of that stuff. But I've got to ask you this first question first, because maybe you know... Hmm. How is Deshaun Watson allowed to even practice practice with the Houston Texans when he faces 22 separate lawsuits? How is that possible?
2: Yeah, I I I am not a lawyer Um, (laughs) I'm not a commissioner I'm not an owner, but clearly um those individuals and the lawyers who work for them feel like um, this is the best course of action to avoid any sort of, I guess, potential situations where they then become um, vulnerable to any sort of litigation by Deshaun Watson, whose legal team would certainly say that our client remains very much innocent until proven guilty, and they would also point out that most of this um at least originated in terms of civil of a civil situation although we now know that um there is the specter of uh, um a grand jury and things very much in the uh in the criminal sector of our, yeah. uh of the our FBI investigation yeah you know everyone look this was sort of um them trying to come up with a situation where he In their estimation, we will avoid any sort of entanglements with the player for now. We'll let this continue to play out, and he'll effectively do what a lot of players are doing, at least some, and have this hold-in scenario where he's there, but he's not Right. Really, there all the way, and we're not going to put him in any sort of forward-facing situations, and he's not going to want to be in any forward-facing situations, and we'll essentially play this out until at some point that commissioner and his lawyers decide that um, we we need to go in a different route because. Um, either they have more information or they're now willing to make a different sort of ruling or they just deem that we we can't have this guy as one of the 53 you know active players on an NFL roster who is going to be a part of our league when we really get this going um I'm baffled by the sort yeah. of continued breathless reporting as if this trade or that trade might be imminent if you're paying Still any attention to
1: Still this trade. situation.
2: I just, I, I, don't, I don't understand that avenue at all or, 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 or those sort of conversations because that strikes me as completely ludicrous. And I don't know that they can continue this sort of purgatory that they've come up with. It's a regular it, season. Yeah. I, I think there's going to have to be further clarity on this player's status coming in the next three weeks.
0: Yeah, I, I agree completely. The, the, the distinction between what baseball has done with Trevor Bauer and what football has done with Deshaun Watson or not done with Deshaun Watson is, is its really there's a gulf between the two of yes. them. And if, if anybody thinks no one is going to trade for this guy now— no. You no. can't put your arm around this guy and say, no. hey, everybody, he's our quarterback. You can't do yeah. that.
2: Yeah, the face of our franchise He's going to leave us can't to the promised land. Really?
0: Yeah. So, anyway. All right, let me get off that. I'm glad you agree with me that it's weird. Um, the game last night, I watched the first half. I don't know what the guy who was doing the game was talking about, about how good Philadelphia is, because they couldn't stop any single play that New England ran, and they made Cam Newton, who cannot throw the ball down the field, You know, with any speed or accuracy, they made him look good again. Uh, What were your thoughts? And I just watched the first half. Both Mac Jones and Cam Newton had their way. Yeah. Just completely. Philadelphia looked terrible. Nick Sirianni looked like he couldn't even get to September. (laughs) Well, I
2: I will say this. I was there for some of the, um, for the first day of their joint practices with a lot of 11-on-11 sessions. Yeah. and the Eagles, the Eagles look pretty darn good. Cam Newton okay. was not pushing the ball downfield against their number one defense in those settings. In fact, it was checked down or it was incomplete pass, or more often than not, it was sacked because he was indecisive and it wasn't coming out quickly enough. And Jalen Hurts, at least the day I was there, was, was the most dynamic player and the best-looking quarterback now. He, it's unfortunate he didn't play last night. And, and I do think that there are some, some, some variants here that are a little more extreme than normal because of going from four games to zero games to three games. People are playing these things a little bit differently. And it was a little bit of the men against the boys last night in terms of okay. how many New England starters played and how long they played. Um, but it was obviously completely and utterly one-way traffic. Um, I don't want to go too crazy, uh, for better or for worse, about one preseason game, especially one again where um, the starting quarterback finds out, you know what I mean, basically says, I don't feel right, and he's out five minutes before, and a lot of other regulars aren't playing. But Cam, you know, you you protect him like that. He's still, you know, he pushed the ball downfield. He made throws where the ball was in the air, 20, 25 yards or more, which we didn't see much of last year, um, Mac Jones continues to look like somebody who can carve out a niche for himself, and maybe that niche grows as the season progresses, or as the team develops certain a uh, certain identity or certain needs, or you know, it, it it requires maybe a little more of of what he does. Um, they they can and will run the football in a multitude of ways with a multitude of backs and when Cam Newton is in there, it it makes that even more difficult to defend because you you have to um, assume that that quarterback himself might be the primary runner of the football. Uh, And I I think, you know, New England is is improved in the trenches. Um, I think the offensive line is very solid, and, you know, adding guys like uh, Matthew Judon to their front seven, I think will pay some dividends. So...
0: You're crackling. You're crackling. Your phone is crackling. Really? Oh, there we it was go. just then. Yeah. It was for a little bit. Yeah. I don't always know, like I'm to on, do that. I'm no, on an old it's right.
2: landline, but maybe it's maybe my fun. landline's a little too old school. Right? It's time for a <laughs> phone. <depot. laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, look, I think New England's going to be better. I think the Eagles are going to be better as well. Um, and I also think that by not playing, as unfortunate as that is, it probably even further cements, you know, the fact that. The Eagles' best route to winning football games is with Jalen Hurts uh, running their offense.
0: Yeah. Let me let me stay with quarterbacks, because that happened at the end of last year where a coach was fired and in, in Philadelphia, a new coach brought in and the owner, who doesn't usually do this sort of big footed and say Jalen Hurts is a quarterback. Trevor Lawrence, it looks like <laughs> I don't know how you feel about this. It looks like he's going to start ahead of yeah. Gardner Minshew. It looks like he is. And and I I think guys of of that reputation, and I would put say Troy Aikman and Peyton Manning in that class. Boy, they suffer. Joe Burrow they suffer in their first years yeah. when they when they start. What are your thoughts about Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer and and well, the potential for a real bad season?
2: Well, my thoughts are I just don't understand the length they're going to kind of propagate this idea that gee, golly, we have no idea which one of these quarterbacks is the one, and we're going to have to play it to the wire. And more to the point, we're going to keep splitting reps. Like, that's the part where – like, I guess if you want to play this word game in the media and you want to have awkward signaling to your fans about who truly is the best quarterback on your roster because you, you believe that gives you some sort of advantage or you think you're playing, like, some sort of mind games with Lawrence and you think maybe he needs that, which, again, I I just don't get that really at all. And I don't really get why you wouldn't just do the obvious and showcase this kid as much as possible and give him every opportunity to continue to develop and practice. And maybe they think by, by doing this it's going to eventually lead them to get more for Gardner Minshew in trade if, in fact, that's where that thing is going. And a lot of people think that's probably where it's going to go but they haven't done a very good job in the trades that they've made so far, including trading a very capable linebacker to the, the, the Steelers this past week and paying some of his salary to do so and getting almost nothing for him. I, yeah, there are red flags here. I, and, I mean, the Tebow thing is over, but why did it happen in the first place and how much time and energy was wasted on that and, and how many reps, frankly, were wasted on that when you've got somebody out there who clearly cannot do the job you hired him to do. Um, I don't know, Tony. I, I, the talent is better. You know, you, you get the first pick in each round. You're, you're going to get a little better, especially when they're um, – is everyone is, – is a player who everyone uh, in the football community believes is is a potential franchise savior there in Lawrence. But but you're right. It, it They're going to take their lumps no matter what. And I, I do just feel like there is this – Persistent sort of um, want or need to to just have some self-induced errors every week or two, and and I don't I I don't get it. And I the more they occur with this sort of regularity, where it's almost as if they're trying a little too hard, or they want you to know how different they are than anybody else. I I, I don't know, man. It's it's a little baffling to me. It, it just okay. is.
0: All right, let me go to two other rookie quarterbacks. And the difference between Justin Fields and Trey Lance and the others is they've landed on good teams. They've landed on teams that were recently in the playoffs. One of these teams was recently in the Super Bowl. You could, if you felt that these two were difference makers, you could put them in there because they are unlikely to be steamrolled by a defense all the time. Are you hearing about either Fields or Lance that they're ready to play?
2: Um I mean I, are they worthy of of NFL snaps in some capacity some certain situation some package some play or series of plays in which in that particular moment their staff believes that they're better equipped to do that certain thing than the starter yeah um are either of them at a point where mid September that they, they want to have that kid out there for 70 snaps no no i think the situation in chicago is is much closer to that overall changing of the guard that handing of the baton happening um earlier in the season you know within the first four to six weeks of the season than the than the other right but if garoppolo isn't operating, you know, the offense the way they think he should be, if he has a sluggish start, or the thing with him that's out of everybody's control, but what's been the real problem is if he's just not available, you know, if if he's banged up again, if he's injured, which has has been the case with some regularity, then do they have plays in a a sort of offensive style that they think could cater to what Lance does and try to cover up some of his warts while they work on those warts on the practice field four days of the week? Yeah. Um look, Kyle Shanahan's has gone out there with a whole bunch of quarterbacks who have not nearly the pedigree of of Trey Lance. And I say that knowing that Trey Lance really didn't play any football last year. Um, but still you you're talking about, you know, him playing with, with Bethard and Mullins and these guys. So I don't think there'll be um a sense that, oh my God, the sky is fallen if they have to do that in that same four or six week period at the start of the season, but it's also not ideal. Um, it's not the way that they're scripting it and and I don't think that there's anything um, imminent in san francisco, but but fields, especially it looks like this little injury he picked up isn't going to be that serious and and might not, you know cost him the ability to play in, in these final two preseason games, I think the more that he keeps showing his athletic prowess and what that could unlock for that team, um, you know, the, 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 the shakier the ground gets under Andy Dalton's feet. But I agree. They don't seem to want to do anything before week one. I'd be shocked if they did anything before week one. But check back with me in you know early October, and, and we, we might have a, a, a changing of the guard.
0: It brings me to a question, and I know you went to Cincinnati a couple of weeks ago. It brings me to the Joe Burrow question. Joe Burrow had as fine a year in college as anybody has ever had. Joe Burrow, Cam Newton, and they won national championships, and they were great. They were just great. I thought Joe Burrow started out really good, and then he got hurt and hurt badly enough that his season was over. It is almost like, Jason, with all of the the talk about the rookie quarterbacks this year and, of course, Dak Prescott— it's like Joe Burrow has been forgotten. I mean, am I crazy or is that guy really good?
2: No, he's he's special. I mean, that that's that's another potential franchise savior type quarterback with that kind of talent, where he can get your whole program to rise before it probably should because the rest of everything isn't quite in place yet. But but he's he's getting you there, and and. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm so sort of in the, in the fiber of this whole thing. Like, I'm sort of so down in the nooks and crannies that, for me, I don't feel like he's been forgotten, but, but I could understand. Okay. You know what I mean? At a macro level, like somebody who right. follows the NFL but doesn't, like, follow the NFL, that it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. Like, um, and Cincinnati, and they're not particularly sexy, and they haven't won in a while, and there's not a – you know, there's, there's, there hasn't been a whole lot of things to celebrate there. Since Marvin Lewis was on that playoff run, so yeah, I get that. Um, I, I really like this young man. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for him. Uh, I, I think he's been very sort of upfront and um, candid about this process and what it entails, not just physically, which the, the, that that was incredibly arduous. What he went through. But mentally, and just because it's Week One on the NFL calendar, does not mean that Joe Burrow's mind, body, and soul, in terms of um, his his ability to play football, is is exactly where you would ideally want it to be. Week One, there's going to be some demons he's got as sort of, um, you know, he's got dragons to slay, and he's got sort of some some mental demons that he needs to get over, just in terms of of um, being able to play carefree football and cut loose and 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 just um, let it go and and not think about the you know w- what that next hit could do or whether that you know whether that knee is all the way exactly where I want it to be, which all the doctors and everyone medically would say it is, but they're not the ones you know.
0: They're, they're not, not the
2: ones with 320-pound guys chasing them down. Um, That's snap exactly that. That's exactly so, right. You know, look, Tone, I, I think they're going to be smarter about their approach with this. They ran the ball 33 times against Tampa last week. I know it's a preseason game. I don't get too caught up in preseason snaps, but that's one where I was watching closely. What is the intent there in terms of staying balanced, in terms of trying to stay at a second and 15, where now they're teeing off potentially in your quarterback? On second and third down um, is there more play action are they throwing to the running backs? high percentage quick passes um, are they staying at an empty set are they are they not going five wide on first down where you know yeah that quarterback might find the right throwing or running lane but he also has no help from anybody and you know he's no help from a running back he's no help from a tight end there's nobody chipping there's no additional protection and that 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 offensive line still has a ways to go so I think they will be smarter about their approach. I think that he, he will start to look like himself again at some point this season. Maybe it's closer to the, you know, Thanksgiving than the start of it. Uh, and I think he, he has the ability to be one of the faces of this franchise, even playing I'm sorry, faces of this league, even yeah. playing in Cincinnati. Um, but I, I, I think there's going to be some rough stuff for them all to work through. Uh, the first couple months of the season.
0: Okie dokie. Plug your radio show for us.
2: Uh, We will be chatting more about NFL preseason if you really can't get enough exhibition talk, Um, as well as all things Baltimore sports. We do this from 2 to 6 every weekday on Inside Access on 1057 The Fan. You can listen at www.1057The Fan, or you could stream us uh, anywhere as well on the Odyssey app. And uh, I hope everyone has a good weekend.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Talk soon.
2: Thank you, Tony.
0: Love, Jason. Love, Jason. We will take a break. When we come back, Paul Doherty of the Cincinnati Inquirer, who was in the news himself uh, the other day for um, a conversation he had with Naomi Osaka. You may be familiar with that. We'll ask Paul about it. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Zip Recruiter ad, and it says, Host. I think I'm supposed to say something now that she host. There are some things in life that I like to pick out myself, so I know I got the one that's best for me, like cuts of steak, mattresses, bottles of wine. It's the mattresses <laughs> one that gets to me. That's the one, yeah. Bottles of wine and steak, you know, and I get that and, you know... Yeah. Fruit and vegetables. Yeah, I like to do that. Yes. I do. Don't but delegate that. Mattresses. I check the ripeness. <laughs> yes. What if you could do... Yeah, I, I like to pick off the leaves of the lettuce to get it down to the part of the lettuce that I like. You got to check the
1: firmness of the mattress.
0: Yeah. What if you could do the same thing for hiring? <laughs> and choose your ideal candidate before they even apply. That's where ZipRecruiter's Invite to Apply comes in. It gives you, as the hiring manager, the power to pick your favorites from top candidates. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Tony. How does Invite to Apply work? Well, when you post a job on ZipRecruiter, they send you the most qualified people for your job. Then you can easily review the candidates and invite your top choices to apply for the job. Lauren Webb was a senior vice president of talent acquisition for Mindula Health, raves about ZipRecruiter's invite to apply. She says, and I'm quoting her, I love that feature because we have a much higher follow-through rate if I invite the candidates. It's easy for me. It's easy for them. In fact, according to ZipRecruiter internal data, jobs where employers use ZipRecruiter's invite to apply gets on average two and a half times more candidates, which makes for a faster hiring process. See for yourself. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Tony, to try ZipRecruiter for free. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash Tony. ZipRecruiter, smartest way to hire. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Electric Voodoo. And once again, they will be performing live at Rams in Annapolis on August 29th. Which is a great venue, by the way. Have you done stand-up there? No, I haven't done stand-up, but I've seen performances there. It's a, it's a great place. This is called Telescope. They're very interesting. I mean, this kind of music is, is like weird to me, and then if I listen to it long enough, I just want to listen to it for hours. <laughs> yeah. Michael, if people like Electric Voodoo want to uh, send in their stuff... Their original music that we play how do they do it
1: send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tony okay
0: so i'm gonna give uh paul Doherty a a long introduction here and i'm gonna say that he's a columnist at the cincinnati inquirer and a very good columnist and as you people know I respect writing more than I respect this nonsense that we do talking um, <laughs> even though talking is easier uh, but I respect the writing and when we did the ESPN show and they wanted us to have athletes, and I said, as I always say, athletes, no, let's just have writers. And they said, no, well, Paul was one of the writers we had on, and, and now that's all they do. Now ESPN Radio just talks to writers, or just, you know, they don't even talk to athletes anymore. So that is by way of background, and then I got away from it, and, and I saw that you were involved with Naomi Osaka, because she's playing in a tournament in Ohio in the Cincinnati area. And I wondered if you could just to sort of describe the circumstances that led to you being, I don't know if you're in the same room or if it's a Zoom call or how it works, and, what, and why you said, I want to write about this, you know, I want to write about this. Go ahead.
3: Um, first of all, Tony, ni- nice talking to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was. It was Monday. It was going to be her first uh, formal press conference since the French Open. Uh, It was a no-brainer for for a columnist. I I mean, what else am I going to do on a Monday in Cincinnati, Ohio, in in August? Um, It was a Zoom format, um, so I was at home. Um, And the obvious focus of, of... my question was how do you balance uh, the fact that one you're not especially comfortable in the press conference setting nor dealing with media generally uh, with, with the fact that that um, you have an, an incredibly large platform uh, for which to uh, from which to to spread your ideas not only about Anything you want to sell, and she's got over twenty in, uh, endorsement contracts worth last year fifty five million dollars to her. But also, she uh, she has a, uh, an acute social conscience. Uh, if you recall, she wore seven different masks at the yep. U.S. Open. With last names year. on them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And that, and that's fine. And uh, I have obviously no problem with that. I think that's great. And, and and the fact that she makes a lot of money endorsing things, well, she's earned that. But how do you how do you reconcile the two being 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 shy, media shy, but also uh, needing and using and, and having people who handle you push your multiple uh, platforms, agendas? Um, logical question, as far as I was concerned. In fact, I, I've asked that same question to all kinds of young professional athletes. In fact, I asked the same question maybe a decade ago to Pete Sampras and Pete Sampras was was uh, a little bit similar to, to uh, Naomi Osaka, he he was not a big media guy, um, he wasn't a worldwide uh, brand endorser of things as much as she is, but he didn't he didn't especially enjoy dealing with with us, um, so it was a logical question. Uh, she um, she gave uh, a- after a while, I asked the question. She asked me to repeat the question twice, which I did. Uh, and she gave a very thoughtful answer. It, it was such a good answer, Tony, that, that I just quoted her verbatim in the column, which is something I almost never do. Uh, but, but I thought that her answer made her a little more human to, to, to lots of people who maybe don't, aren't familiar with her story, uh, enlightened people a little bit as to why she felt the way she did. Uh, I, I thought it was great. And she did not cry. While giving that answer, she didn't walk out of the press conference. After giving that answer, uh, she asked, She took another question, uh, and was part of it was about Haiti. Her father's a Haitian American. Her parents have built a school in Haiti. She uh, had said earlier that she was going to donate her winnings from this week to uh, to Haiti, Haitian relief. Uh, so was that that could have triggered it. In fact, when there uh, USA Today ran a story yesterday at kind of. Following up on this whole thing, in which she never made mention of my question as a reason for her tearing up and walking out of the room. Uh, but anyway, subsequently, uh, I, I was accused of, of bullying by her agent, uh, caused, said it was appalling what I did, the question that I asked, and I was a big reason that media that that athletes don't like talking with media. The guy basically libeled me, Tony, in a tweet. Uh, if I had written about an athlete what he wrote about me, uh, we'd be preparing to go to court right now. And so, I'd be the defendant in a lawsuit. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's what happened. Uh, social media took off. Twitter is, is very mean, as you know, uh, full full of uh, weaponized anger and ignorance. And, and I've, I've been blasted all over the world. You know, people say, well, you're famous. And I don't want to be famous for something like that. I don't want to be the story. You're the uh, you're the second interview I've done on this, and I've been asked by the BBC and Sky Network and some network in New Zealand and Entertainment Tonight and on and on and on. I haven't done any of it because I'm not the story. Um, but I, I'm doing your show, Tony, because I like you and I think you like me.
0: I do, I do, and I'm gonna I'm gonna speak I'm gonna speak for the brethren of newspaper guys. And honest, good reporters. Um, in this particular case, I heard the way you asked the question; it was completely polite. I heard her answer. There's, there's, because it's Naomi Osaka, and because she's been in the news for this, and because she has, she and Simone Biles have been the face of of what is now being referred to as you know mental health issues. Um, you know, it, 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 there's a little bit more. Uh, urgency when it comes to Naomi Osaka, but I think, and I know, Paula, you feel the same way. I've heard her talk before. She's really good. She's really smart. She's really mm-hmm. engaged when she wants to be really engaged. And I've also sat on this show a number of times and I've said, hey, you know, you can, God bless you for all the money you make, and you don't have to talk to me about all the money you make, and you don't, have, you don't want to talk to me about your tennis match, fine. But if you are a political activist, if you do that, then I think that we're on fair grounds to ask you some questions, um, because you you know you get out of uh, just the mainstream of tennis, and and again God bless you for doing it. And I never found her reluctant to talk. And I always think, and what you're mentioning about her agents, I always think that what happens is that there is this word that I don't like. I I like it almost as little as I like the word culture, and it is the word team. You know, we have a team and our team says this. And you have sports psychiatrists and psychologists that say this. And I think they, in a lot of ways, create a certain amount of friction that the athlete themselves don't want to have. And I was interested in the fact that you got slammed. I don't read that stuff because I've been slammed, so I just don't read it. Um, But I wondered, you know, it seemed to me your comportment was terrific. And this wasn't you know there was there was no jeopardy in the question so no no
3: and and what else was interesting was the, the moderator of the the zoom at one point asked her if she'd like to move on and she said no it's an interesting question and then proceeded yeah. to give a, a good answer to it I, I don't blame her for any of this i thought she right. handled herself okay i think she she obviously, as she has stated, she she has some mental health concerns that that supersede any tennis she might be playing or, or any uh, in, uh, endorsement appearances she might be doing. I, I would suggest that her handlers would serve her far better by attending to her mental health issues than by slamming me on Twitter. But uh, no, I, I didn't. I didn't think she had any issue whatsoever while she was. Uh, doing the yeah. Zoom conference with the question that I asked.
0: So, I, I mean, my sense of this is, is every, all of us, not just athletes, all of us, find ourselves in a, in a position every once in a while where we feel pressure to perform, whether it's writing, whether it's talking, whether it's running, whether it's being a dad you know, we find a certain pressure to perform and we seek a certain comfort and advice from others and sustenance from others. Athletes just have this in a very much more public way. And athletes over a long period of time have indulged these press conferences where a lot of questions and not yours, where a lot of questions are stupid. You know, and I've (laughs) asked my share of stupid questions in order to get a laugh in my life. So, I mean, I sort of get that. And and. I find her very appealing as a tennis player and as when she talks very appealing. And I'm sorry if she feels stress doing that, which I, I get, I understand that, but I was amazed that you became the villain. I mean, come on, what are we talking about here?
3: Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, it sort of comes with the territory, right? You did this for a long time. You know, I can handle it. I've been doing this for 30 years. You kind of, it mostly rolls off my back, so I get amused by it more than anything. And I've always said that the only opinions that matter are those that come from my family, my friends, and people I respect. And, and, and the idiots on Twitter don't check any of those boxes. So <laughs> big deal, right? Who cares? I, I really don't care. I, I, I wish her the best. I, You know, I, I hope she's able to uh, kind of fight through this because it's a bitch of a line to draw in America's dust, man. You, you're... You're trying to balance the need to further whatever agenda you might have while also protecting what's left of, of, of your privacy. And that's, that's kind of the essence of the question that I asked, and I thought it was a perfectly leg- legitimate question. I have no problem with anything I did. i do it again. In fact, I've, I've, I've done it lots over the
0: years. Yeah, not everybody, by the way, is John McEnroe, who when he used to, not when he won, but when he used to lose a match, he would come in and he'd lay down on a couch <laughs> and he'd explain everything that <laughs> went on in the last 14 years. And you would just take notes. I mean, not everybody is like that. Not every athlete is, is like that. Is there a lesson here, Paul, in any way? Is, is there something that you look at and you say, oh, this is where we're going and this is how we have to deal with it?
3: Um, well, she makes the point that there could be a better way to do press conferences, and I, I couldn't sure. agree more. that I hate sure. press conferences uh, because they don't allow any room for nuance or follow-up. Uh, yeah, there, there's a much better way to do it. I, I don't know what it is, but and the Zoom thing's even worse. Uh, there, there's absolutely no human contact. You're just staring yeah. at a person's face. Um, she's right about that. The lesson for me was that. Uh, Keep, keep doing what you're doing. I'm not, I'm I'm not going to change or be intimidated by some agent in Los Angeles who wants to keep the gravy train going with a tennis player. But um, yeah, just just keep. I I think I've done okay in in 30 years of doing this job, so I, I I'm not sure I need any advice or or any chiding from from an agent.
0: So I this used to happen to me, and I always found, and it was so much better. If you actually get alone with somebody, you know, you can make a lot of progress. You can understand them and they can understand you. But that's what you do. That's not so much for columns as writing long takeouts, which people don't even do any well. They do occasionally, but not as much as they used to. But we are our culture now. And I don't mean that like the culture of the team. I mean, our actual culture in sports um, are these press conferences that random questions are fired at people. And if I were, if that were what's happening to me, I'd take one question and I would just say, okay, I'm done here. <laughs> I'm done here. Because they go, like, you know, the first question is, could you talk about this particular match? And the next question is, what's the capital of Iowa? And you know, what? You know, what? <laughs> so I, I really do understand I understand when athletes go crazy about those things, right? You do too, I'm sure.
3: I, absolutely, and I've never, I've never uh, said that athletes have any responsibility at all to talk to me. The only thing <laughs> I don't want them to do is complain about what I write. If they don't want to talk to me, you know, don't complain after the fact if you didn't talk to me the, the first go around. But I, I, don't. They don't really owe me anything. I'm, I'm not right. one of those guys that think, well I'm the media, and you got to talk to me. Not, not at all. And I'm not confrontational, which is why. The bully thing was was so off base because anybody who knows me even a little in my personal or professional life knows that I'm not I'm not a bully. I'm not a guy who who likes to be up in an athlete's face asking provocative questions because nine times out of 10 provocative questions do not get good answers. My job is to get a good answer, not not to not to be the star of a news conference and act like I'm some tough guy.
0: Thanks, Paul. Thank you. I appreciate the fact that you did this. Call
3: again before you know it was like three years between
0: calls. I will. The next time we'll talk about Joe Burrow. It'll be really easy. All right, we'll do it that way. Thanks, Paul. Sounds
3: great. Thank you,
0: Paul Doherty, boys and girls. We will take a break. We'll come back with email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser.
1: You're listening to the Tony
0: Kornheiser Show. picture it's the official organist of the show. Yes, it's really good. Yes. It's really good. Nigel, why don't you do the Bethesda Bagel ad?
1: Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. All you need to do is go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the DC area nearest you. Then pop on in. Just say no sprinkles. Just get the bagels. No with plain sprinkles. No sprinkles, and you'll be you'll be thrilled. It's called the Hammer, a bagel <laughs> with Hammer's no special. sprinkles. Oh, the bagel, plain bagel with cream cheese, loves it. Yeah. Down a full
0: one. <laughs> I guess that'll do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, Michael, I have great affection for you, and you lead a rich and interesting life. But you're a bag man, not an attorney. If you wanted to lock me up, you should have kept me in Wisconsin, where the claims of my inappropriate behavior would have had jurisdictional relevance. I have no criminal record in New York, and the single defining criterion for involuntary incarceration is danger. Is the defendant a danger to himself or others? You think you got the horses for that? Well, good luck and God bless, but I'll tell you this. The last place you want to see me is in court. That is a scene from Michael Clayton. I, you, you need to see this movie. Yes. It's just a terrific movie. Never seen it.
1: Oh, it's so you good. You haven't seen it? No. Oh, it's so oh, good. I'm bringing the DVD in for you. No, I'm moment. now doing this out of
0: just... <laughs> <guess. is> Spike.
1: <laughs> Spike. Thanks
0: to our guest today, Jason Locke and Four of CBS Sports, Paul Doherty of the Cincinnati Inquirer. And we had Paul on a lot, and I don't know why we stopped. I guess, you know, Cincinnati. You know, we just didn't reach out anymore. Thanks as well to today's sponsors, Policy Genius and Zip Recruiter. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. From Mike Houston on Connecticut Avenue, Dear Father of the Groom, I also belong to the Married on August Second, Two 2014 Club. We were wed in my wife's hometown of Green Bay, Wisconsin, and had our rehearsal dinner at Lambeau Field. August second is National Ice Cream Sandwich Day, so I suggest Michael and his bride celebrate eight next August as we do each year with a big ice cream sandwich. Or don't. It's your life. Who cares? <laughs> so what but was there a plane at the wedding? You know. Nice. We had a plane. Yes. Josh Cromwell, Moselle, Mississippi. After hearing your commentary about corn and the field of dreams game, I volunteer my services as the official corn correspondent of the Tony Kornheiser show. My grandparents Grew both field and sweet corn, and they live next door to us, so I spent many summer mornings during my younger days helping them gather the ears. It's a niche skill, but niche skills are pretty much my raison d'etre at this point, so it has served me well. From Neil in Rockville, in your listing of the great baseball movies like The Natural, Bull Durham, and A League of Their Own, how could you forget to mention the greatest or at least the only one that pays you residuals, (laughs) Mr. 3000? You're right, Neil. Fair point. You're right. Um, From Jen Stanhagen, I've been a regular listener for six or seven years. You remind me of my dad. Your curmudgeonly wisdom is of a different variety, but close enough. I've mentioned the pod to him, but he rolls his eyes. My dad's hearing is not good. He can't hear my mom, and when I speak to him across grandma's old dining room table... He has hearing aids, and he never remembers to wear them. We suspect at times he forgets intentionally. I'm visiting my parents this week, so I can verify the following. A few nights ago, he woke up at 3 a.m. from a dead sleep. Upon exploring the house, he found what had roused him, a burst valve on the main water pipe in the basement. Thanks to his quick awareness of the situation, damage was relatively minor. But my mom and I can't get over the fact that he heard the water. He can't hear me ask for mashed potatoes, and he heard the water. When I recollected the conversation you and Michael had about a father's sixth sense as protector of the house. dad nodded sagely. I think it's the first time he's ever agreed with you. P.S. I was in fourth grade in 1991 and my best friend at the time was Molly Jordan. First and middle name. My first and middle names are Jennifer Eyre. E-Y-R-E Jennifer Eyre. Jennifer Eyre. Eyre. Jennifer Eyre. We were often together as you would expect of best friends and our fourth grade teacher called us Eyre Jordan. <laughs> Needless to say, what Molly and I thought of this and him can be summed up in one of your favorite catchphrases. What a dope. <laughs> From Matthew Fisher. This is my first time mailing in. I feel compelled to do so, and not just by the pints of crack and rum I've consumed. Thank you, Nats. I just got back from an eight-month deployment, my second such deployment in my Navy career. While the first one was filled with port stops and lots of alcohol, this recent deployment was much more subdued thanks to COVID. Needless to say, though, I'll say it anyway, I wasn't able to get your show. Luckily, I downloaded plenty of shows just for the occasion. I can't put into words how much your show meant to me over those eight months. From your Nats commentaries to the random... Shows about Chessy versus Bootsy and the Hammer. Your shows kept me going through a tough deployment without my wife and then two, now three kids. Thank you for the laughs and for spewing your typical old man hate about technology and young kids not knowing about songs from 60 years ago. Thank you to the entire gang, too, including Chris Eliza. Yes, I'm one of the fans. (laughs) I look forward to downloading your shows daily again, and I do apologize for any misspelled words. Again, lots of crack and rum. Wishing you and yours the best. YN1, I guess that's a title, a Navy title. Navy rank. yeah. Yeah, Matthew Fisher. Um, Dan from D.C., the 15-minute bit you did on using coupons at the outlet mall. Had me laughing out loud and made me think, here's a man even cheaper than me. I then thought about how I'd obtained the shirt I was wearing at the time. A short-sleeved J. Crew button-down I bought at the now-closed men's shop on 14th Street in D.C. I'd originally bought it believing to be half off its original price, $60. I checked the receipt a week later to realize I'd paid full price, that the rack had been placed on. The rack it was placed on was not the sales rack, but merely sales rack adjacent. I returned the shirt the next day, only to find the store was going out of business. Everything was 80 to 90% off. I gave the shirt to the sales clerk, received my refund, then watched him immediately place the shirt back on the rack. I sheepishly took the shirt back off the rack, walked it to the (laughs) counter, and apologized, saying, I can't afford not to buy this. (laughs) Total cost, $11. Beat that. Uh, Frank, I'll get to this in a second, Frank's name, from Colorado Springs. Are we doing names now? Tell Jeremiah, Hampton, and even Ed Butt to be a kid and grow up as Frank. Tank. Yeah. Enjoy <laughs> second grade with kids asking you, how's your brother septic or your sister toilet? <laughs> Joke's on them. I joined the army. Lieutenant Tank, Major Tank, and eventually Colonel Tank. My name was cool. Then Will Farrell became Frank the Tank in the movie <laughs> Old School. And I had a renaissance. It tastes so good when it hits your lips. Life was good. I'm retired now, but still fighting uphill about being tanked being a bad thing. Why can't it be so lizard? From Colorado Springs, Frank Tank. Yeah, it rhymes. So good. Josh Hirth, Cape Coral, Florida. Simply Safe says they started the company 15 years ago, and Mr. Tony thinks a husband and wife team are sitting around a kitchen table wearing members-only jackets in 2006? You're only off by approximately 20 years. For the record, I'm in need of a full-zip sweater. So if you need a place to dump your new Brooks Brothers sweater, let me know, and I'll send you my address. It's no members-only jacket, but it'll make do. I am That's always, what it was—a gift. I am always <laughs> amazed at the that the people listen and they, you know, they internalize and they get back to me. It's really great. Dave Morrow, Denver, Colorado. That was an interesting band name from earlier this week. Post Sex Nachos. Any relation to Post Points? No, I'm not sure. Lance Carmine, dear Hoffwaff, um, please read this with all the ire you can muster. So my name is Lance Carmine. That's Lance as in Sir Lancelot, Lance Romance, Lancey Pantsy. Or if you're old enough, Lancelot Link's Secret Chimp. Secret Chimp, right. And then about eight to ten years ago, the Lance Crackers Company comes out with Lance in my pants. Now move on to my last name. That's right, Carmine is in the Big Ragu. Or Little Carmine from The Sopranos. I'm not even Italian. So, Jeremiah, Jesse, Jenny's, Ed Butt, all the other poor little name babies can just suck on it, and <laughs> love it. It's so great. Jason Anschutz in Fargo, North Dakota. I recently returned home after a long weekend in Las Vegas. My friends and I spent some time at the Sportsbook on Friday night. As I looked up at the live sports betting lines, I couldn't believe what I saw. The Nats were leading Atlanta 2-0, and the Braves were now underdogs. The bookmakers must not be littles because they really thought the Nats were going to win. What a bunch of rumdums! <laughs> I raced to the nearest window and shouted at the poor sap taking bets. Hey, I know that team. Their bullpen is terrible. Give me the Braves on the money line. I collected my tickets, sat down, and calmly waited to cash out. Four solo home runs <laughs> later, and boom, down go the Nats. All those hours of listening finally paid off, literally. The cheesery. If you're out on your bike, buy- not everyone, as always, do wear white.
4: But I still need a bit of milk, full
1: fat. Full fat. But I've warmed in the microwave. <laughs>
4: floating